Hey, hey everybody. So we are extending, we, we're talking about this great grace upon them all, all believers, all the church. And so here in Acts 4, verse 32, we've looked at how they, they had all things common. They didn't look at it as exclusively our own things. They put things in their place, and God was able to use them. And so here, let's look at the 33rd verse, and it says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. They witnessed His coming to life. They saw Him openly. He showed Himself to them. And so they had power to witness this and to tell people. And as they told people, there was belief that came. When words went forth, people trusted in them and belief arose in these peoples and many came to the Lord well there's great power on God's people today on us to witness the resurrection of Jesus the resurrection of Jesus didn't just stay in his being resurrected but many others as soon as we come to know him we actually die spiritually the old person dies and new life begins and all that was is gone and all that is now is unto him you're now in christ in him in this body of believers that is the church and that's resurrection life you and i are supposed to live resurrection life continuously through this age and in the ages to come new new life Life where God's life, everlasting life, life that never perishes, never dies, lives and moves and works in us. Hallelujah. So they have power to um, witness of this resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great what? Grace was upon them all. Say that. Great grace was upon them all. On all who? All that believed. All that believed on the Lord Jesus. There was great grace upon them all. Do you believe? Yeah, you. Do you? Do you believe on the Lord Jesus? Are you part of the living, breathing church? Are you? Is He coming back for you? Because He's soon coming. Is He coming back to take you with Him forever? To be in heaven for all time? Is He? Well, then you can say this. You can say, great grace is upon me. I'm part of the church. Great grace is upon me. If it was for God, if it was of God, if it was His plan for there to be great grace upon the church at the beginning, do you think He's changed His mind? Is there no longer a place for great grace to be on the church? You know, that was back then. Those times have passed. No, no. What He's done He's done forever. And forever it is His plan for there to be what upon His church? Great grace upon them all. So now what does great grace touch? You know, we hear that, but what does it look like practically? What is it? How do we see that? Go with me if you will. Let's look at Ephesians, the second chapter, and we're going to look at verse number 8, Ephesians 2.8. We're going to talk about, and you know, so much of what we as a ministry are uh, to do is to specialize in the area of faith, of faith, and um, to teach people what is the lifestyle of faith, living and walking by faith. And you and I, if we look through the scriptures, through the Bible, we'll find continuously this connection between the faith and the grace, 
the grace of God and faith to receive this grace. You'll find it inseparable. Here in Ephesians 2 verse 8, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith. Hold on. That salvation we've just been talking about. It would not be possible if it wasn't for the grace of God. Grace is what He has freely done. You and I did not earn salvation. You and I couldn't. But also, you and I could not receive salvation if we didn't have faith. If trust God and take it, receive it by faith. So grace has already done, but faith must be in exercise in order to receive it. No different than a gift. A gift can be there on the table and you can look at it and look at it and look at it. Never open it. Never use it. How much is grace working for you in that gift? Not at all. Because faith never took it. And so here we find, by grace are you saved through faith. Grace is always going to go through the channel of faith. It's always going to go through the bridge of faith. If there's no bridge of faith, there's no operation of grace. And that not of selves, it says, it is the what? The gift of God. So grace is the gift of God. And it is to be taken, it is to be received by faith. Now let's look at Romans, the first chapter. Romans is a great letter that's been given to us, the church, that touches on the grace of God in a wonderful way. It touches on some other aspects, but... We're looking at the grace, the great grace that's upon us all. Now here in Romans 1, verse number 5, we find it says, By whom we have received what? We have received grace and apostleship. This is what Paul, by the Spirit of God, was writing. He was made an apostle by the grace of God. It says, the reason we have received the grace and the apostleship was for what? Why was the grace of God given? For obedience to the faith among all nations for His name. Is it important that you and I be obedient to God and do what He shows us to do? Yes. Why? Um, I'm sorry, how is really what I wanted to ask. How? By this great grace. There was power given to get the job done. And that's what we want to look at. There was power given to get the job done. God had required of them to do some things. He was requiring this letter to be written. Well, He didn't just command it without giving power to do it. And so anything... See, faith comes by hearing. You hear from God. You have a thought. You know that's God, right? Faith comes by the hearing. But when that comes and you see, okay, God wants me to do this. How are you going to do it on your own strength? You're not. You're not. Many Christians are trying. We're going to look at this. The Bible tells us very clearly. It actually warns us not to receive or take the grace of God in vain or uselessly. It means not even putting it to any work. Not even using it. Like that gift on the table. If it's there and you don't even open it up, you're not um, putting the power on. You're not putting it to... It's not useful to you at all. And we're also told... Thank you, Lord. In fact, yeah, I'm moving ahead of myself if I were to go that way. But we're told not to frustrate the grace of God. 
Is it possible you can frustrate grace? God, who is love, has graciously given of all wonderful gifts that are needed for us to do well in this earth. And yet we can leave it there to no use. And that would frustrate the grace. You know, there's a desire for these things to be so used. And when we leave it, it's frustrating. Now let's look at here. And I'm going to prove that to you. Stick with me and we'll, we'll look at those in the scripture. Now we see here. So we've received, we have received grace for obedience to the faith. Now let's look here in Romans 4 verse 16. Romans 4 16. Hallelujah. And it says, therefore, and I know we're bringing it up on the, the screen so you can see these as well. Romans 4 16. Moving right along, and then we'll be looking at Romans 5 2. Um, and so here in Romans 4 16, we see, therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. What seeds he talking about? Those that believe and trust on Jesus and are now seeds or, or actually children of faith, like their father Abraham. Not to that only which is of the law, it says, but, that, but to that also, which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of all. Of faith, that it might be by grace, or that by grace the promise would be sure. So you see here what? Faith and grace connection. Now let's look at Romans 5 verse 2. And Romans 5 2 says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So it's by faith that we enter into or have access to the grace. It's by the grace where we stand. You ever go long and your legs get heavy and you start to feel weak? What do you need? You need strength to stand. And it's by this grace that we can stand. It's by this grace that when it goes long, you have your extra wind. You can continue strong. It's by grace we stand. And, thank you Lord, and rejoice in expectation of the glory of God. Now here, let's look at Romans the 12th chapter, verse number 3. I, wanna, I want you and I to get a good picture of the grace that is by faith. We can't preach and teach about the faith um, of God very far without touching the grace of God. They are inseparable. And we're going to see that here. Let's look at, uh, for time's sake, we're going to look at the third verse, Romans 12, 3. There's wonderful verses 1 and 2 before it, but it says here, For I say through the grace given to me, to every man is added that is among you, not to think of himself, more than not to think. It's very interesting, himself and man is added. This is uh, everyone that's among you, not to think more highly than he, you could say they, ought to think. But to think soberly, according as God has dealt, God, who is love, has dealt or has given. What are we talking about? We're talking about grace. Grace in giving. He has given what? God has dealt to every man, you could say woman, mankind, the measure of faith. The very faith 
that we need to take and receive the good things God's given, which is to receive grace, He's actually already committed it to us. He's given us His. His faith to receive His grace. This is the wonderful nature of God. He starts you out. He gives you something to work with from the very beginning. And then what you and I do with that very beginning part can increase and grow. And you can increase and grow in faith and grow in grace. And I want let's look at it this way. Let's go to, thank you, Father. We're building a foundation. I, I'm assured this is helping you. Let's go to 1 Timothy. I believe this is our next place. Let me look here. Hallelujah. Say this with me. Great grace is upon me. Hallelujah. Great grace is on me. Great grace is on my church. Great grace is on my ministry. Great grace is on my, my job. Great grace is on my business. Great grace is upon it all. Hallelujah. Yes, it is. Great grace is on my teaching. Great grace is on my preaching. Great grace is on my work in every bit of the way. Great grace is upon me because of God. Hallelujah. And now here in 1 Timothy 1 in verse 14, we're going to see another part of what God, who is love, has graced, graciously given. So here in the 14th verse it says, And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant. Oh my. The abundant nature. Was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. One of the great... You don't get much greater than preaching and teaching on the faith and the love. The love of God and trust in Him. And here, what are both of these? They are given to us by God who is love. He has given them to us in an exceeding, abundant way. People are thinking, so often you hear people say, I can't believe that. I can't, I can't do that. And they're not taking and registering that God, I'm not talking about unbelievers, believers are saying these things, believers are thinking these things. In order to do that, they have to not register that God, who is love, has graciously given them in an exceeding and abundant nature, faith and love in Christ Jesus. Because to take that thought, I got the trust inside me that's needed to believe God to do that thing. I have within me that love to trans, uh, to overcome that obstacle and to go above that problem. And anything they say or do have no place and touch me because the love just comes right up over top of it. And I won't be a part of their downfall in any way. I won't be a part of hindering them in any way. I don't care what they do or what they've said about me. doesn't matter. I've chosen love's way. And you can't get me off that track. Hallelujah. This is what grace has freely given us. In an exceeding and abundant way. Now, let's look at the other aspects we were talking about. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. 2 Corinthians 6. Thank you. 
when the grace of God comes on you, it makes it easy to do. You and I are graced in different ways. There's things that you and I do better than others. And there's a temptation to think, well, that's just us. I've always done it that well. You have people that from the very early days of their life, they could sing phenomenally. I'm thinking now, uh, Michael Jackson, phenomenal gift. The Jackson family, phenomenal gift. These gifts that we have, these things that seem easy to us, they're more than just us. They're more than a talent or a skill. They are the grace of God. He has committed to us His grace. We didn't do anything to earn that. We didn't do anything to get that to us. He's freely given it. Hallelujah. Here in 6.1 of 2 Corinthians, it says, We then, as workers together with Him. This is what we're talking about. Faith and grace. Working together with Him. You and I, by faith, work together with grace. We are workers together with Him. And it says here, We then as workers together with Him beseech you or urge or plead with you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Is that possible? That what God has freely given in His power and His ability... That we can take it and just leave it and not use it. We're going to talk more about what the grace is. Looking at our time here. we got a few more minutes. His power and ability that covers every area of our life. You and I can take it in. Almost like putting it in the garage. I remember the Lord showed this to me like a piece of lawn equipment. Right? You can have it. You can set it in there. And your uh, grass can grow and grow and grow. People come out to your place and they go, What in the world, man? When's the last time you mowed? What's going on? Do you not have any equipment? And you go, Oh, yeah, I got equipment. Oh, yeah, top of the line. Come check it out. Here, let me take you into my garage. And you show it and you go, Look at it. Ooh-wee. Doesn't it look good? And you go, You haven't used it once, have you? And you got feet upon feet of... Uh, foliage coming up and you got I mean you got snakes all in your place why because you have not used what you have and this is where many Christians are at they have received the grace of God to no use and you want to know what it looks like there are many and many believers they want you and everybody they come in, in contact with to be gracious to be merciful and as soon as something doesn't go their way, they're fighting mad, they're cursing, and they're coming against, and they will hurt you to keep theirs. And they, but they want graciousness, and they are not giving any grace at all. And they actually, they expect, if you say you're a believer, they expect you to be gracious, but they are faithless. And as we look at this, you and I will see this. The most gracious people in this earth will be the most faithful people in this earth. And that's why you don't see as much grace active and, and coming out. Go into certain states and certain places in the U.S. And I'm sure you can go into other nations. I'm talking to all of our international friends here. There are hard people. They're not gracious. Why not? They're not faithful. 
So you can't trust them, actually. Unless God tells you, they can change. But you can't trust them. They're faithless. And you have many people in these categories. They expect grace from you, but they show faithlessness. And what, why are we talking about this? They won't receive any more grace until they trust God and start gracefully exerting what He's given them. Which means for us, if we want to grow in grace, what we need to do, put to work what we have. Put to work. Now, I'm, I don't want to go further ahead of myself, but when we look at the grace of God, we're looking at what He gives for every area of our life. We'll touch on this more, but I just I want you to hook on to it right now to see how it ties in with what we just said. We'll find this in Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, it talks about that as they had, he was talking about a particular church, abounded in the grace to give. They were in a tough time, but it talked about they had riches of liberality. They were liberally, generously giving. And he said that as, as you abound in every grace, and I know we're coming on a, just a couple minutes time, so I, I want you to get this. That as you abound in faith, in love, in utterance, in diligence, and um, in knowledge, see that you abound in this grace also. We touched on faith and love. This is actually grace. We touch now on diligence. What does diligence look like? Someone that is quick to do it, earnest to do it, and does it well. To have diligence. This is the grace of God. You know why many uh, businesses have prospered where others have not? Diligence. It's been the grace of God. If we give place where places do, God has graced, enabled us to do that when others couldn't. Now, then we touch on utterance. How did, how did we be able to say it that way? When we said it, people were more comfortable. They weren't offended. They weren't bitter and upset. We were able to speak respectfully and honestly in such a way that only grace could enable. This is part of grace. Who is this for? Just for people that speak publicly? No. Great grace was upon how many? Them all. All of them. You know, Moses had a problem with this utterance thing. And God was, I don't think he was moved by it. I think God would have gotten this out of Moses if he trusted him. But even thus, he gave unto him his brother. He gave him Aaron. And Aaron spoke and spoke well. Utterance, the ability to speak, is for us all. We need it in our houses. We need to be able to talk to the kids and get it to produce well. We need effective communication. It's the grace of God. Knowledge. Knowing the right way. Knowing what to do. Why are we talking about this? Because this is all that God has put right out here for us. And went, all right, babies, this is yours. You my babies, you my children, and I got a full spread for you. Come get my grace. In an exceeding abundant way, the, the table is spread. Come get it. Come get what, Dad? Come get what? Come get everything you need to do. Come get it in the best way. You need to do it well. You need to do it right now. Come get that diligence. Come get that knowing. You need to know what to do and how to do it. Come get it. Come get it. You need to know how to trust me in this way. You need to know how to love and allow me to move through you in compassion. 
Come get it. It's on the table. Come get it. Come get that ability to speak like you need to say it. Come And then come get that generous nature that I want to move through you. Can you see this? Great grace is here. Let's not just take it and not use it. Let's not frustrate that grace by leaving it to no use. Because, let's say it for another time, great grace is on me. And I have by God and by the Holy Spirit everything I need to say it the way to say it best. Everything I need to do the way to do it the best way possible. Everything I need to know, I'm going to know it well by His grace. I'm going to trust Him and do everything He shows me to do, love well, and not move away from it. Why? Because I have great grace upon me. Say that to yourself. Look in the mirror and tell yourself, you got great grace upon you. It is a characteristic of the church. Praise God. That's our time for this message for now. There's much more to see about this. Stay tuned. Hallelujah. We look forward to hearing from you guys. Get in touch with us if we can be a blessing to you in any way. We love you. We bless you. And we will see you soon. Hallelujah.